0: situation. He took a pitch in the back, he got beamed for crying out loud. Heart attack. We used heart attack. Me. Managers on a Major League Baseball team, don't make decisions. Better done without that. The credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with it, Germans Pearl Harbor? The castration of the Major League Baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my win Former major league pitcher Trevor Bauer has got the right to work, and I'm going to explain to you why. This obviously is a very controversial subject, and there's people that are very polarized in regards to their opinions. I'm not asking you to agree with me, but take my point for a second. Whether you like it or not, the court and justice system of the United States of America did not prosecute, convict, and sentence Mr. Bauer. Trevor Bauer was not found guilty in a court of law. He was not found guilty in a civil suit. He did not pay a dollar out of his pocket. Now, you may say, well, it didn't mean, doesn't mean he didn't do anything wrong. Now, once again, I'm not fighting that brushback. But the thought that a person that is not convicted Does not have to pay anything out of pocket. And by the way, has already served the longest suspension in the history of Major League Baseball for anything that didn't result in a lifetime ban. In other words, he wasn't banned for life. So outside anybody that's been banned for life, Pete Rose, Joe Jackson, the whole thing, Trevor Bowers has served already in baseball the longest suspension in the history of the sport. Now, do I believe that he's a good person? No. And you know what? You don't have to believe that he is either. But unequivocally, he has got the right to work. And he's not a criminal because he's not convicted. But if he was a criminal, if he was a criminal that served time in prison and then was released after serving his time, he would still have the right to work. I don't look at Plaxico Burris as a criminal. I look at him as just making a very stupid decision to carry a gun into a club with him that went off. And because of the the laws of New York City, he had to go to jail because he had a firearm on him. It was against the law. It was a mandatory jail time. Mike Vick, who has a criminal offense, and your thoughts on Michael Vick could be similar to Trevor Bauer. It could be different. It could be uh, you, know, you could be really angry at both of them separately. But Michael Vick, once he was done serving his time, was allowed to play professional football again. Now, do I believe that there is some sort of uh, special treatment towards people that are professionals? at something? Well, from a supply and demand standpoint. There really isn't too many people that can do what Trevor Bauer can do as a Major League Baseball pitcher. I'm not saying he's the best in the sport. I'm not saying he's on a path to go to the Hall of Fame. But his skills, as far as his ability to throw a baseball, his ability to pitch uh, deep into games, his ability to head a pitching staff, certainly his knowledge between the ears when it comes to the mechanics of pitching and preparation, they are in demand in the sport. And whether you like it or not, you know, you have the right as a fan to not watch a baseball game that he pitches. Now, how far are you willing to go with it as a fan? Let's say he signs. Let's say you're a New York Yankees fan and you're dying to see your team win championship number 28. Trevor Bauer gives you a chance to do that. Now you're naturally, you would say, well, I don't want him on my team. And if you're, if you're part of that, figment or segment of the population, you got the right to feel that way. But let's say it's, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. Trevor Bauer's going to the Yankees. How far are you going to take it as a fan? Are you going to not watch Yankee games? You follow the team your whole life. You probably have a podcast or some something. You express your uh, fandom in many different ways, showing up at games, watching games on TV, Social media, whatever you do, that's that's where you are. That's where your heart is. You're going to give up watching the Yankees because they signed Trevor Bauer? You're going to give up watching the Mets if they signed Trevor Bauer? It, it's a tough thing to think about because if you compare society now to the way it was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, even more than that, 100 years ago, There was a lot more ignorance out there. There was a lot more wrong that was swept under the rug. And you should feel privileged in the society that we live in that there's so much that we're we're able to bring to the forefront. When somebody makes a mistake, it's a little more obvious now. Certainly when somebody in the spotlight or with a name to them does something that they're not supposed to do, we know about it right away. And we tend to hold it against them. Now I'm I've never been a big cancer cult uh, cancel culture person. Yeah, you know, cancer cancel. You know, kind of, kind of. That's how I feel about cancel culture. The belief is is that this person's got the right to work, and I think the right to work in the Trevor Bauer uh, case here is completely separate from what you may value him or feel about him as a human being. And I'll tell you this, if you you are so against the thought of Trevor Bauer signing with your team, see how far you could go with it. If you're the person that says, hey, I will organize a protest, I will not appear at a game of a team that Trevor Bauer is a part of. If I'm I'm a Mets fan and I'm that um, devout, in my opinion, about not wanting to see a game with him wearing the uniform of my favorite team. See how far you get with it. You may get a handful of other people that agree with you, and there might be thousands and thousands of other people that may share your views of not liking the man. But is it enough to keep people from showing up at a stadium? Is it enough? If he's playing, and like I said, this is you know the a New York centric kind of area. You know, if he was playing for the Mets or the Yankees, and he was leading them to to victories, if they were winning their division, if they were headed to the playoffs, and he was going to be a number one or number two starter. And I say number one or number two because if he's the with the Yankees, he's obviously going to be slotted behind his former UCLA teammate, Garrett Cole. You gonna not watch games? Are you going to not watch the pennant race as it goes from June to July and August? Are you not going to watch postseason games when you're you're hoping that your team uh, goes out there and wins the whole thing just because of Trevor Bauer? I'm interested in your take. And like I said, my my program forever has always been um, everything I bring up I want to talk about. So if you share a difference in opinion, please let me know. Even if you want to be an asshole about it. I mean, I'll try to tame you a little bit. I'll try to uh, defuse you from, you know, being angry. You know, if you want to go to name-calling route, I mean, there's only so far I could go with it to, to say where it's not constructive anymore. But I'm willing to talk about this. I'm willing to talk about Trevor Bauer. Listen, the right to work. He's got it. You know, he goes on Fox News. He goes on WFAN. Is it a, a matter of him trying to save face? Yeah, listen, he's got... He he's got to go on some sort of campaign to get himself back on a major league baseball mound because you know what, from his skill set and his talent, that's where he belongs. Like I said, he's already served a suspension. If you you feel like he's guilty of what he was never um, accused or prosecuted or or held accountable for, you have the right to feel that way. But once again, if you feel so strong that Trevor Bauer is so guilty then maybe you have a future in law enforcement ahead of you because whether you like it or not whether you like the decisions that are made or not there is some weight to the fact that there there's not even a penny coming out of this guy's pocket to pay a victim or like i said multiple victims you know that's what seems to happen in a situation like this he's got money to pay out civil money he hasn't dished a dime out And you're going to say, hey, he didn't feel any remorse. Well, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. And like I said, I'm also not here because this is a sports talk show. I'm not going to get into the specific details of what supposedly happened. Because once again, it's a bunch of he said, she said bullshit. Let me quote, you know, the great Fred Durst. But when it comes down to it, like I said, all of that is separate From the element of his right to perform the labor for a specific job in this country. He's not in prison. He was not accused of a crime. He did not go to trial for a crime. He was not convicted of a crime. Either criminally or civilly. And I know, because of the America that we live in now, that's not good enough for the court of public opinion. But I don't know what they even say about that. You know, just because your opinion, your opinion is stronger than uh, the, the opinions of the courts of law, apparently. And how come the opinions of the court of law are kind of overriding how you feel? But like I said, I'm not here to get into that. I don't really, if you don't believe that Trevor Bauer should ever play baseball again, I'm not here to, uh, you know, drop the gloves and, you know, go 12 rounds with you. I'm willing to hear some of your takes. I want to find a common ground. I want to get to a point where we could agree to disagree. And like I said, if you're so adamant about this guy never playing Major League Baseball again, do you have enough gall? Do you have enough intestinal fortitude to not pay attention to a game if this player is on your team? This is the Passball Show. Today is the date of January 6, 2024, a very special day in my life. My son, Nolan Pielli, was born on this day, eight years ago. Uh, We're getting to celebrate his birthday, and it's it's something that's definitely worth bringing up. I love you, Nolan. So, during this segment of Saving Sports History, which we've divulged ourselves into right now, everything that I'm about to talk about, bring up, speak about, punctuate, whatever, is about things that happen on this day, January 6th. We're going to jump into DeLorean, crank it up to 88 miles an hour, and go all the way, ready for this, to the year of 1681, when there was the first ever recorded, probably not video, I would bet, <laughs> probably uh, recorded in some sort of uh, carving uh, grains of uh, uh, on a rock, that there was a recorded boxing match. 1681, the first ever recorded boxing match. Christopher Monk, the second Duke of Albemarle, set up a boxing match between, ready for this, his butler and his butcher. Apparently they had some sort of dispute. Well, Whatever they got to they got to duke it out. First recorded boxing match in a history, 1681. 1942, Bob Feller reports for duty in the U.S. Navy. The first Major League Baseball player to announce that he is uh, he's signing up for Uncle Sam. He's going to defend his country after Japan brought the United States of America into World War II. With the bombing of Pearl Harbor on December seventh, so Bob Feller reports for duty in the U.S. Navy on this day in 1942. 1976, Ted Turner buys the Atlanta Braves for 12 million. Now, Time Warner ends up being kind of becoming his company. Uh, also merges with you know Tur- Turner in uh, 1996. Eventually. Time Warner is sold to Liberty Media, and the Braves become property of Liberty Media in 2007. So those of you who may not know, Ted Turner is no longer the owner of the Atlanta Braves. 1994, uh, figure skater, U.S. figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was attacked by the bodyguard of rival Tanya Harding. And for those of you who remember, a very uh, um, serious uh, you know, public display this happened in front of the view of cameras, where uh, you know she, you know Nancy Kerrigan had no idea what happened, and obviously it turns out that Tanya Harding had something to do with it. 1995, just a year later, NBA basketball coach Lenny Wilkins passed the legendary Red Arvach for most wins as an NBA head coach, nine thirty-eight to nine. I'm sorry, nine thirty-nine to nine thirty-eight. And, of course, you know right now Greg Popovich, Popovich with his 1,371-plus NBA wins, is the all-time leader in NBA coaching victories. 1998, Baseball Hall of Fame welcomed right-hand pitcher Don Sutton and his 324 wins into the Hall of Fame. I've never really got the most positive opinion of Sutton, though he was a very good broadcaster. Obviously, his pitching merits made him very deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. And I I thought it was a little long. I mean, he retired, what, after the 1988 season? Yeah, seems like a little too long for a guy that won 324 games to not be in the Hall of Fame. 2015, the Hall of Fame grew again with legendary pitchers Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and also John Smoltz and Craig Biggio. I don't believe Smoltz should have been a first-ballot Hall of Famer. And part of the reason is what I just said about Sutton. Sutton waits five years, wins 324 games, pitches forever. You know, obviously the pitchers from, you know, whatever pitch was, it 66 or 67 to 288. Obviously pitched longer, deeper in the game. Smoltz, of course, had his share, complete games. Smoltz is a Hall of Famer, in my, my belief, absolutely. And even if, uh, even if I didn't believe he was a Hall of Famer, he's in, so there's nothing that I could do about it, but, you know, I look back and I say, Sutton's got to wait five years. John Smoltz, is he on the same level as Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez? Smoltz was good, but he he, was, he wasn't those guys. He he wasn't. I, I would have thought Smoltz maybe one year, two years. Craig Biggio, 3,000 hits. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know. You know, we could get into this discussion about first ballot Hall of Famers. I don't want to go into my... Uh, My disdain for the Baseball Hall of Fame and everything that uh, they're against when it doesn't seem like they want to have good players or the best players in the Hall of Fame. But birthdays on this day, January 6th, like I said, my son, Nolan, Nolan Peele, born on this day in 2016. But also Ben Johnson, a longtime commissioner and founder of the American Baseball League, born on this day in 1864. One of the greatest, one of the best names for a baseball pitcher. Early win. Born on this day in 1920, baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, longtime Notre Dame head coach, and one of the better coaches, I believe, in the history of college football. We just did a top 10 college football coaches. Lou Holtz was under consideration, didn't make the top 10, but he was born on this day in 1937. Um, one of the best female golfers of all time, Nancy Lopez, born on this day in 1957. And then um, Fox on NFL uh, studio uh, sportscaster Howie Long and Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive uh, lineman with the Oakland and Los Angeles Raiders. Howie Long, born on this day in 1961, we lost. Baseball Hall of Famer Rabbit Marinville on this day in 1954, sad that he passed away. A very good player, a very good shortstop, is in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, I'm never going to take out the fact that somebody's in the Hall of Fame, but if you do look at his numbers, they are at the very least questionable. Former World Series winning manager with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1964, Johnny Keene, passed away on this day of a sudden heart attack in 1967. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by two ways, one Passion food truck, Located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you're interested in hearing me flap my yacht mouth a little more, podcast, you can check me out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Also, YouTube. YouTube podcast. Obviously, videos on YouTube. We'll be back with you soon. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books my apartment. Smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on in my life. I may come out as the biggest major league baseball manager apologist. It'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. If I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park, not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are gonna be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude playing the dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. Uh, uh. Side of the spectrum, they're on. Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if, if you weren't a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100% unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at them. So we're going Leo They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. are you damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. Uh...